Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hey, you're listening to another episode of Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Manny D. And all you need is love. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. That's of the sorts. best spoiler you've ever done. Thanks, Kieran. This is the best. Let's, let's end the show right now. This is the best movie we're going to cover. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So, Matty D and I have seen Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the sequel to Venom. And we're going to go back and look at everything that we've said about it in the past. Two years ago, we did an episode where we covered everything that we thought was going to happen in the movie. And now we're going to revisit that and see how close we actually got to predicting the movie. So, if you haven't listened to that original Venom, Let There Be Carnage episode from 2021, I strongly suggest you listen to that first. Or if you haven't listened to it in a while, I recommend revisiting it because we're just going to make references to that episode and what we talked about in that episode. And so, this is very much a companion piece to that episode. So, I I feel like everybody will be lost if they're not familiar with what we originally said. And if you haven't seen the movie Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and you really want to, I'd recommend watching that first as well. Do you agree, Matty D? I agree wholeheartedly. So, you're saying everyone should run out and watch Venom, Let There Be Carnage? If they don't want this to be spoiled for them, yes. Yeah, I think if you haven't seen it by now, then you don't want to watch it. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Speaking of, if you want to put one of our previous predictions to the test, you currently can, because in cinemas right now, because I screwed up last week, is Expendables 4. Cool. I said last week that Expendables 4 was currently out. I think it was moved. I'm just saying that to cover my own ass, because I think I screwed up personally. We'll just go with that. We'll just say it but was But I moved. think they actually moved the release date to this week. Yeah. So, by the time that this episode comes out, Expendables 4 will be in cinemas. Uh, if you listen to the last episode where I said that, it's not true, because it's actually out this week, and it wasn't out last week. Uh, you know, we all make mistakes, right? The, the, they change things all the time. We all make mistakes. Speaking of Venom, let there be carnage. Let's talk about it. So, Matty D, this is going to be a really good question for you. How much yes. do you think Venom... Let There Be Carnage made in the worldwide box office. Uh, I hate to burst your bubble, Kieran, but I actually know the answer to this. Oh, fuck you. It's $506 million. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. That's, that's not true. That's worldwide. It was $506.9 oh, okay. million dollars worldwide on a $110 million budget. <laughs> oh, what does no. that tell you, Matty D? Uh, what was the budget? Sorry? $110 million. That was a raging success. Absolutely. Just which, like the first movie. Which we knew it was going to be, or I, I kind of assumed it was going to be. It made more money than the first movie made. Mm. So, Venom 3 is already in development. Yeah. So, we're going to be talking about Venom 3 next year. Fun times, fun times. i got to say, Kieran, as well, I had to look up the, the amount it made because it goes into my prediction or your prediction later on. So, I need to okay. check those figures. Wow. Okay. There we go. So, July 2024 is when the sequel's coming out. So, that's not that far away. That's Fantastic. only, what, like eight months away? We'll be talking about Toxin. Fun. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Toxin. Don't get me started <laughs> on Toxin. Because I, was, I, was, I read that. I read that yes. in the, uh, in the like, I think it was on a Wikipedia page somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they mentioned Toxin. And I was just like, Toxin? I don't remember Toxin being in this movie. And then when I rewatched the movie, just randomly, a, a character, who, what was his name? P. Uh, Mulligan. Mulligan was just like, he opens up his eyes and is just like, I'm a, I'm a symbiote now. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, oh, great. Well, I remember when I was watching it, they zoomed in on the P. Mulligan name tag. And I was like, why are they doing that? And of course, later on, it was to set up. It was the same guy as yeah, the police yeah, yeah, later yeah. on. But uh, I, I Googled it and found out that it was a symbiote. I was like, oh, oh. They're, they're planting the seeds here. Why? Can't they do something different? Every Venom movie is just going to be him fighting another symbiote. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just do all something they can different. do. Even just have him fight Craven the Hunter. We're going to be talking about Craven the Hunter in a yes. couple of weeks. Yes. 
And I even joke that they, that they will never do a Craven the Hunter movie. They're doing a Craven the Hunter movie. They That's will, how desperate they are. They'll do anything. Maybe they're doing the Craven the Hunter movie to set up for the Venom 3 sequel where that's the actual villain. No. Okay. <laughs> no way. You're not going with me on that one. That would be fun, but I do not see that happening. Oh, well, you never know. Maybe uh, <laughs> the Vulture's going to turn up. Maybe Morbius. Uh, Morbius is going to turn up. Maybe uh, Matt Smith from Morbius is going to turn up and do a sexy dance. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, let's get into talking more about Venom. Let there be carnage. But before we do, Matty D, can you explain our point system and how we grade these episodes? So, because we each did an individual prediction for this movie, I'm grading Kieran's plot. Kieran is grading my plot. If we say something that wasn't in any promotional material, including the trailer, that gives us two points. If we guess something that is in the trailer or the promotional material, that gives us one point. If we get something that's kind of on the right track, but not 100% true, that's half a point. And if we don't get something correct at all, it's zero points. We tally all those up, mm. and I guess we get a rough scale of how well we did, and more importantly, how well we did in comparison to each other. Very succinct. Quite like Venom, Let There Be Carnage. The movie was only one hour and 25 minutes. Wasn't that a joy? Oh, boy. It felt oh. like an episode of a TV show. Oh. That's how short it was. I really loved the fact it was that short. Yeah. Which yeah. is what I've been told, so personally. The funny thing is, like, most <laughs> people don't know. <laughs> I just got your joke there. <laughs> Sorry. You. I stepped on it a little bit. But uh, the funny thing is most people don't notice like movie runtimes because most people will watch like a movie a month. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy to me mm-hmm. since I watch like two a day. Yeah. But the thing is when you do a movie podcast, and this is universal for everybody who does a movie podcast, like the biggest blessing is when you have a movie that's under two hours. Yeah. Especially when we have to watch a whole heap in a row like I've had to before. Yeah. That one and a one and a half hours is an absolute joy. One hour, 25 minutes in this oh, circumstance. Yes. Yeah. I had, like, no time on Friday afternoon, which is typically when I sit down and watch the movie and get ready to do my show notes. And usually it carries across to Saturday. Like, I'll I'll watch the movie on Friday night Mm -hmm. and then my show notes Saturday morning. But I actually managed to squeeze in both watching the movie and doing my show notes (laughs) in the same sitting because Maddie D's plot was so short. (laughs) Let's get into it right now because he went first. Yes, and- I re-listened to our episode, especially to look at what you predicted, but I forgot to listen to what I said, so I've completely really? forgotten it. Yeah. Wow, okay. I can take advantage of this then. Yeah, you could just make stuff up and I'll be like, really? I said that? Well, I hope you listened to the whole episode because it was a cracker. I thought it was a really funny I, episode. I listened to the start, then I skipped to your- Okay, so you just cut prediction. out your bit. Well, I wanted to- I usually listen to your prediction first and then tally up all the points and then go back and listen right, to what, okay. I, what I said as well. Right, okay, interesting. But yeah, you could just sit here and be like, Manny D said, duh, duh, duh. Yeah, I could. <laughs> so, at the very start of your prediction, you described the movie as, quote, box office Venom, <laughs> which is wrong straight off the it's bat. wrong. Yeah, they did well. Because Venom uh, always makes a mint at the I, box office. I'm eating my words. They sure showed me. Yes. So, you said the movie will start with a cold open with no action scene. It actually starts with a flashback with an action scene in it. Yes. A wrong again. Would you class it as an action scene? It starts with the two couples talking through the wall and then they get pulled out. And then I guess there's a there's a scuffling. Does a car flip over? Is there guns fired? I guess I guess that's people hurt. That's an action scene. scene. I guess that's an action scene. So you're wrong there. So here's a question I have straight away. How old is Cletus Cassidy supposed to be in this movie? I don't know, but he looks nothing like Woody Harrelson (laughs) at all when he's younger. He's a teenager in 1996. And let's keep in mind that Woody Harrelson was 35 in 1996 and looked pretty much exactly the same as he does now, but with hair. Yes. Which is pretty much Glenis Cassidy. (laughs) 
So, yeah, this is like another circumstance like with Hobbs and Shaw where they're trying to tell us that Jason Statham is a lot younger than he actually is. Mm. Do you remember in the flashbacks in Hobbs and Shaw where they were trying to tell us that Shaw was the exact same age as Hattie Shaw? Yeah. Who's like uh, 20 years younger than Jason Statham? Yeah. Vanessa Kirby, that is. Yeah. This is another circumstance. Naomi Harris is about 15 years younger than uh, Woody Harrelson. And they're trying to tell us in this scene that they're the same age. I guess they have to be to be in the orphanage at the same time, but or, or, or do they actually? I don't know why they needed yeah. to make that happen. Yeah, I don't know. I was very confused. I mean, it, straight it off, it takes the bat. you really out of the movie when this kid has got Woody Harrelson. He did a really voice. good Woody Harrelson voice. I don't know if it was just Woody Harrelson doing I his voice. I think it was Woody Harrelson. Okay, I'm less impressed. Then <laughs> I, I could be wrong, but I, I don't know if he's that good. Back to your plot. You said that in the cold open, we'll be reintroduced to Eddie Brock and Venom, who are living together, and this will be played for comedy. I gave you a point for that. That because we're not shown Eddie Brock and Venom living together until 10 minutes into the movie. We, we have a whole flashback sequence and then uh, Eddie and Cletus in jail, Detective Mulligan and Eddie chatting together. And then finally, Venom and Eddie go home and have a scene together. But, you know, it still happened in the movie, which is why I gave you a point. Well, thank you. But it is it is something that is shown prominently in the trailers. That's all they showed in the trailer. Yeah. By the way, I think the whole movie... The whole movie from start to finish was shown in the trailers. Yes. Which is why I think we did a pretty good job predicting the movie and which is why we have the exact same plot. Yes. And why there's not a lot of two points going around. Yes. I'm going to guess for me as well. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. It's all to do with these trailers. So, you said that Venom- Let's blame the trailer. You said that Venom wants to leave and Brock is trying to control him and his journey throughout the movie will be trying to find the balance between Venom and himself. Gave you half a point because Venom more so just wants to eat brains. He's not like, oh, I just want to leave, Eddie. He's very much wanting to be part of Eddie's life. And uh, it's basically the case, which is why I gave you half a point. Like, the whole, like, Eddie trying to find balance between himself and Venom. Except Eddie doesn't seem to have a life outside of Venom. That's the thing. Not really. Not at this point in the movie. Like, he's kind of lost everything. Yeah, that's right. At this point. Yeah, so he very much relies on Venom to have a life. I think the movie's trying to say he's in a slump and he's just yeah. in denial about it. Yeah, absolutely. When Venom leaves later in the movie, all he does is just like lie down on the lounge and tries to go to sleep. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, presumably, like Venom never lets him sleep. Yeah. Well, have we? Haven't we all had a really annoying housemate? Is that the first thing we've yes. done? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess so. As this is a south point. This is a south point for Matty D. I hope uh, his certain housemate is listening to the show and understands <laughs> what a burden he is. No. I'm just joking. So, you said that Eddie is contacted by his old flame, Anne, and they meet in a bar, and it's specifically not a restaurant. <laughs> Give you half a point, because they do meet, and it is a restaurant. It is? I didn't see any food. <laughs> well, it, well, it very clearly was a restaurant. <laughs> and uh, you, said they're sitting, you said they're sitting at a bar. They're not. <laughs> they're sitting at a table in a restaurant, drinking wine. You said that Anne tells Eddie that she's now engaged. I gave you a point for that. That's true. Gave you a point for that. That was in the trailer, though. Mm-hmm. You said as they're leaving, Anne's fiance, Dr. Dan, the real hero of the movie, <laughs> yes. picks her up and Eddie wishes him well and Venom punches him in the face. I gave you a point for that. This happens in the movie, but much later on. Mm-hmm. And it's a slap, but that's a technicality. Yeah, whatever. It's the same thing. It's yeah. a hit to the face. I count it. You said that while walking home, Venom takes over Eddie and eats some thugs in an alleyway. So, there's like someone being beaten up, presumably- Someone's purse is being snatched, like, in the movie. And then he runs in and beats them up and eats them up, presumably. So, I gave you half a point because Venom beats up a purse snatcher in an alleyway, as I mentioned. But Eddie stops Venom from eating him at the last second. Mm -hmm. So, no brains are consumed at this point. You said that after the alleyway scene, Eddie drops into Mrs. Chen's convenience store and Mrs. Chen is now familiar with Venom. Gave you a point for that. That was in the trailer. We saw that coming. You said that we're now introduced to Shriek, who is contained in the Ravencroft facility in a, quote, vault. 
Like a money vault. <laughs> yes. Gave you a point for that. It's not a vault. It's more like a uh, glass sort yep. of container with like a, a observation window in it. Mm. She's kind of trapped there to stop her sound from coming yeah, out. Yeah, close enough. I gave you a point. It was in the trailer. You said that Shriek uses her super scream powers, but her prison contains her scream as scientists observe her. <laughs> gave you a point for that. That's true, but they're doctors. They're doctors, not scientists. Right. I mean, they might be scientists. I don't know what their profession <laughs> is, but uh, if they're in some sort of like facility for mental patients, presumably doctors, not scientists. Yeah, they're cold, hard medical people. Well, they certainly are in the movie. Like, that one uh, completely characterless doctor who gets killed is, like, her one trait is just she's mean. Yes. So, you said that Cassidy is also imprisoned in Ravencroft, but he's kept strapped down. That's not true at all. So, uh, Cassidy has actually been kept in San Quentin, a very real prison, and is not being kept bound up. That happens later on when he's being executed. He's very much got, like, a regular prison cell. And he's sort of put in, like, a a more open cell when visitors come to see him. Mm, he's put into his Hannibal Lecter cell. That's right. When journalists visit him. And then he's got his he's got his normal cell where he can draw on the walls. And make yeah, that's artwork. right. He can do his own thing. So, I've actually been to Alcatraz and I've been to several prisons in my lifetime just as a visitor. Because <laughs> yeah, you're a hardened criminal. Yeah, because I'm a hardened criminal. No, as a visitor, usually closed prisoners. So, there's a, there's a lovely prison in Perth. And something I noticed- I've been to that prison. Oh, you have? Yeah, you'll probably notice this as well. Something I notice in visiting these prisons is there's always artworks in the yeah. prison cells that the prisoners do. So, this is very much like a real thing. So, I think usually they're given paints, pencils, <laughs> stuff like that. They, they can do artworks with. But uh, in this circumstance, uh, Cletus Cassidy can only scratch his artworks into the wall. <laughs> and he very specifically only <laughs> puts clues to where his <laughs> victims are buried on his prison wall because apparently that's what he's thinking about and that apparently that's what he wants to put out there into the world. I really want to be caught. <laughs> I love that he's punching the wall like, damn it, where did I- <laughs> how did they catch it? And he's punching specifically like... <laughs> The drawing of the location where all the bodies are buried, where he put the ex- like a perfect recreation <laughs> yes. of where the bodies were buried with little like gravestones <laughs> where they were. I mean, the, the real mystery is how it took people this long to figure it out. Yes. And why did an alien from space work it out over every detective in uh, San Francisco? So I wonder what these gravestones on these hills mean. Hmm. These very specific just, to San Francisco hills. Just a crazy, crazy guy, that, cla- that Cassidy. Oh, it's just artwork. It's just artwork. Every clue is here, but no, we can't put it together. <laughs> you said that uh, Cassidy would ask a prison guard if he can see Shriek, but he's told no. That never happens in the movie. You said that Cassidy watches news coverage of the thugs that were eaten and beaten, and he spies Eddie Brock sneaking off in the background. That never happens. That's something you love to put in your plot. <laughs> like, people watch the news, and, like, the one person that they need to see is always, like, in the background <laughs> of the news coverage, like, <laughs> creeping past. <laughs> I remember in your Candyman plot, this happened as well. No, it wasn't the case. You said that Cassidy asked to see Detective Mulligan since he wants to give him information. Never actually happens in the movie. Uh, Cassidy only ever wants to speak to Eddie. In fact, that's the whole dynamic between Mulligan and Eddie is just like, I need you to get as much information out of uh, Cassidy as you can and then give that information to me because information is currency, blah, 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 blah. And he doesn't. And the movie he never sort does. Of, the movie sort of treats Mulligan like he's some asshole, but yeah. he's just doing his job. Absolutely. And he's so nice and flexible around Brock. He's like, yes. look, like, I'll help you if you help me. So I'm helping you now. And then Brock will be like, I'm not helping you. <laughs> like, yeah. What a dick. Yeah, I didn't understand that at all. I think it's only done because Mulligan is supposed to be a villain in a future movie. And they're trying- Well, then set him up as a villain. That. Yeah, well, they just did a terrible you job You could easily it. set him up to be more dislikable than he was. He was, just seemed like a good cop. Absolutely. Yeah. You said that Detective Mulligan visits Eddie in his home. 
and tells him that Cassidy will reveal the location of several bodies if Eddie interviews him. Gave you half a point because while Mulligan does want Eddie to interview Cassidy in the hopes of Cassidy revealing this information, this has been going on for a while. This isn't established in the movie as something that's happening. It's something that's been going on for years, apparently. And the thing that doesn't make sense is why would Cassidy be like, I need to speak to Detective Mulligan. Mm -hmm. All right, let's bring in Detective Mulligan. I need to speak to Eddie Brock. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense at all. Why wouldn't he just start by saying, I need to speak to Eddie Brock? Yeah. You said that we'll get shots of Cassidy reading the newspaper and he becomes obsessed with Eddie. Gave you half a point for that because that doesn't happen, but uh, he's already obsessed with Eddie. So, I have to give you, like like I said, pity half a point there. Okay. But yeah, he's already obsessed with Eddie. He doesn't become obsessed with Eddie in this movie. No. And it's very unclear- like, why and how this happened. It's something they didn't explain in the original movie, and no. it's something they carried across to this movie. Yeah, they just assumed it was just like, oh, this is a thing now. It's just prior comic book knowledge. That's mm. all it is. Like, going in as an outside observer like I was, it's very much not clear at all why these characters are interacting with each other or why anything at all is going on. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Especially because Tom Hardy's performance is he doesn't want to be there and he doesn't care. Yes. And, that, and that's, that's fine because that's what his character would do, but, like- then why is this happening in the first place? Because when I watched the first movie, I'm like, who is this prisoner Mm. that he's randomly seeing? Why does this prisoner love Eddie Brock? Mm. And why is he like, we're kindred spirits? And in this movie, why is that carrying across? I just didn't understand because I've never read a like a Spider-Man comic book. So, I don't understand who the character of Venom or Carnage yeah. is. Well, so, watching it in a vacuum, I'm like, what is? why is this happening? Yeah, Cassidy doesn't really have any information on Brock as to why he's so obsessed with him. He just is. And later in the movie, he says like, oh, you let your parents die and everyone hates you. I'm like, how does he know this? Yeah. I mean, maybe. Maybe maybe he did his research somehow. I don't know. Somehow. Maybe, maybe we missed something because I definitely didn't see this. Well, it's not in the movies. That's the thing. It's not in the movies. Like, no. this information is not in these movies. So, it's something from the comic books, I'm presuming. That yeah, it is in the comic books. To the movies. And it just doesn't make sense in a vacuum in it like a movie. So, it only makes sense if you know these characters. So, mm-hmm. it's very much like nodding and winking at the comic book audience. But then everyone else is just left in the dark. But if you've read the comics, you've seen this story be played out better. <laughs> so, everybody loses. Well, no, that's the thing about comic book movies, Matty D. People just want to see their favourite moments in comic books done on the big screen. Okay. And that makes them feel gratified. Okay. That's the reason why it's a multi-million dollar $500 million, dollars, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> You said that Eddie will enter the prison and will have a, quote, lame Hannibal Lecter scene with Cassidy. <laughs> Gave you a point for that. That was in the trailer. So much shade, Matty D. Every second movie we cover has a lame Hannibal Lecter scene <laughs> in it. It's a trope now. Fast and Furious 9, James Bond. <laughs> James Bond, yes. Every second movie we cover. You said that Eddie gets a little too close to Cassidy and Cassidy bites Eddie's hand. That's true. I gave you a point for that. You said that as Eddie leaves, Cassidy mentions that Eddie's blood doesn't taste like real blood or human blood, whatever it was. Gave you a point for that. That was in the trailer as well. You said that sa- <laughs> you said that suddenly Cassidy is being executed, but as they begin the lethal injection, he begins to convulse and transforms into carnage. Gave you a point for that. But it's funny how, like, before they even get the information about the bodies, you just gave up on that whole plot point of, like, them trying to find the bodies. In your, in your oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're just like, oh, I know they're in the middle of investigating where the bodies are and, like, you know, Eddie Brock is getting closer and closer every day. But let's execute him now <laughs> yeah, before, yeah, yeah. They, we, we, before we have any concrete look, evidence. Look, we've had it scheduled in that he's getting executed. We can't move that time. Yeah. There are other people that need to get executed. So, if we can't get the bodies, then he's done. So, in the actual movie, it's not until they find the bodies that they finally execute him because they never actually found any 
body, so they don't have any evidence that he's guilty, so they have no reason to kill him. Mm-hmm. And so when they find him, that's when they finally execute him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in your plot, it was just like, quick, let's execute him now. <laughs> also, by the way, you didn't even think that he was going to be executed in the movie originally. You just thought that like, when he was strapped down in the trailer, that's just how they keep him in his cell. Yeah. And it wasn't until I mentioned that he was going to be executed that like, shit. Did I, I shoehorn that in? Yeah, you shoehorned that in. Oh, nice. So, the only reason you were close in this point at all is because of uh, right before the episode started, you got some information you didn't have. <laughs> you said that carnage escapes from the prison, causing chaos along the way. Carnage along the way. Gave you a point for that. You said that Cassidy breaks Shriek out of jail and the two embrace. Gave you a point for that. Keep in mind that uh, in your plot, they're in the same facility. Okay. But I still gave you a point for that. Now, in my plot, is it established that they're in a relationship or- You said that Cassidy and Shriek are in some kind of, quote, weird relationship. (laughs) Gave you a point for that because what's weird about it? Just trying to go into what I was thinking at the time, I would have been saying that it's a case like they're weird and twisted, they're killers and they enjoy killing people and they've got this weird- It's just a regular relationship in the the movie. It's not a regular relationship. So, they're not- It's uh, far from a regular relationship. They enjoy, like, killing people and they love each other for that. Yeah, but I've seen Natural Born Killers starring Woody Harrelson, <laughs> so it's it's nothing it's, I haven't seen. It's before. a normal Woody Harrelson relationship. Yeah, is that what you're absolutely, saying? absolutely. It's normal for him. Seven psychopaths. Yeah, it's just what he regularly oh, does. He does, yeah. And so uh, in the comics, they weren't in a relationship, right? So, which is probably why you thought it was weird because they're like well, they, these characters were never in a relationship. No, why are they in a relationship now? And as I said in the original episode, it's just shorthand for character development. Yeah, I, I, I think what I meant when I said weird relationship is it was just going to be like they they were twisted, like their their romance natural was like born twisted. killers, which yeah. is why they have Woody Harrelson in this role. It's very lazy filmmaking. <laughs> you said that Venom feels it in his loins that there's another symbiote out there. Not the case in the actual no. movie. Eddie has to tell Venom that there's another symbiote out there, and even Eddie is told by Detective Mulligan that there's another symbiote out there. That's something in the comics. The symbiotes can like detect each other. That's right, and they uh, have a spider sense. That would be cool to see in a movie. So the thing is, they can't use any of the Spider-Man elements in the Venom movies. Yes. So he can't have a spider sense. So therefore, he can't sense other symbiotes, mm-hmm. which is why it's not the case in the actual so movie. So why do they all look like Spider-Man then? Mm, riddle me. Very that. loose. They don't have the spider symbol on them. They don't, I guess. In the comics and in every other iteration of Venom I've seen, he always has the Spider-Man symbol on his chest. In these movies, he has nothing on his chest. Mm-hmm. You said that Eddie and Venom tracked down Carnage to a church. Gave you a point for that. It's true. Does happen they later do, on, but yes. They have the specific church drawn on the prison cell wall, <laughs> which is why they know that. Everything in his life is just drawn on this fucking prison cell wall. <laughs> he really wanted to be caught. <laughs> you yep. said that Carnage will kill a priest to show how bad he is. Two points. Hey, that, that exactly happen. happens in the movie. You said that Venom is scared of Carnage because Carnage is somehow superior to him, even though in the comics, uh, Carnage is a lesser version of Venom. Mm-hmm. Gave you a point for that because that was in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense, but, you know, it was in the movie. Yep. You said that Eddie promises to let Venom eat everybody if he fights Carnage. Gave you a point for that. That was in the trailer as well. You said that Carnage gets the better of Venom and Venom is defeated by Shriek's scream. Gave you two points because Carnage does get the better of Venom. Gave you half a point because there's no point really where Venom is defeated by Shriek's scream. She seems to scream and then just like Carnage just backhands her every time. (laughs) Doesn't let her scream. But uh, there is a point where she screams and like the symbiote goes off of Eddie. So that's why I gave you half a point. Okay. Sort of happens, but then not really. Yeah. So your movie continues for quite a while after this point, even though we're at the end of the movie in your plot already. Mm -hmm. You said that after the fight, I did the same thing, mind you. Yeah. After the fight, Venom explains that Carnage is essentially his child. 
This never happens in the movie, and I know you're thinking that he calls him father, but my next point is Carnage will refer to Venom as father. This is what you said. Mm-hmm. Carnage refers to Venom as father or daddy throughout the movie. Gave you a point for that. That's pre-existing knowledge from the comics. Yes, and he does it once. And he does it one time in the movie. You said that Carnage goes on a revenge mission and kills people who are responsible for putting him away. Gave you a point and a half for that because he does go on a revenge mission. He kills several people. But none of them were responsible for putting him away. No. Maybe the warden, but that's a stretch. Well, the warden wasn't even involved in his life at all. Yeah. So, he just was killing the warden. Okay, he was killing the warden for revenge for Shriek, right? Is that what you're saying? Okay, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess they do do grab Mulligan and they do get Brock. But, like, outside of that, it's just killing people for random killing people. Yeah, that's right. And they burn down the whole orphanage that they grew up in. Mm -hmm. Presumably, there's still people and children in there. (laughs) They all die. Well, actually, the whole place was, like, run. It looks like it was abandoned. I think they specifically showed that it was abandoned so we wouldn't think that all, like, the little children inside were burning up. Yeah. You said that Cassidy targets Anne since she was involved with putting him in jail. It's not actually the case at all. She does target her. You said that Cassidy attacks Anne and Venom has to save her. Two points. That wasn't obvious in the trailers at all, but it is the case in the movie. You said that Venom is defeated by Carnage yet again. Your movie is way longer than the actual movie <laughs> is. Uh, I already counted this in your in your previous yes. fight, so I'm not going to give you another point for that. You said that Venom and Carnage fight in an abandoned part of the city. They actually fight in the church. That's the final battle. And I, got points for I already counted that, so I'm not counting it again. You said that Anne gets some of Venom's blood on her and she becomes She-Venom. Gave you half a point for that because she does briefly become She-Venom earlier on in the movie to smuggle Venom into the police station. Mm-hmm. So, we do see She-Venom, my favorite character apparently from the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy Venom. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't quite happen in the way that you described, so I only gave you half a point. Yes. You said that She-Venom will fight Shriek and is immune to her scream. Not the no, case at not all. at all. Nobody's immune to Shriek's scream. You said that Venom kicks Carnage into a fire or something and kills him. <laughs> or something. Great. Half a point because Venom does kill Carnage, but by eating him, uh, as well as Cassidy, he eats Cassidy as well. So, he eats both uh, <laughs> Carnage does. and Cassidy. He does. Doesn't kick him into a fire, but no. you know. And it's the noise that sort of kills them in a way as well. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, it was very confusing at the end, I'll say. There was fire involved. Dr. Dan was there with the fire and sound, but without the sound. You said that Anne and Eddie will get back together and start a relationship and nobody cares what happens to Dr. Dan. And I was wrong there. Wrong. I was wrong. wrong. And I told you in the yeah. episode, I told you in that original you episode you were wrong. But you still didn't go with me. And even they in- sure showed me. I, I didn't give him enough credit. Yeah, even in my plot, you tried to shoehorn that uh, Eddie and uh, Anne would get back together. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and your final point was that the movie will not be good. And that's, uh, well, I mean, that's a, a That's extremely debate. subjective. That's extremely subjective, but it was a success. So, I was wrong in that respect. And I will also point out that I couldn't find the episode where you said it. But in one episode, you said that you saw Venom Let There Be Carnage and you said, wasn't bad. Mm. So, I yeah. can't say that you get a point for saying it wasn't good. It wasn't our best and worst? Might Mm-mm. have. No? Mm-mm. Okay. I do- Best and worst of 2021. I went through the whole episode. You didn't say anything about Venom. <laughs> Let be I do recall saying that. I do recall feeling that. So, that's that's fair. That's fair. But I suppose Look, we'll find out at the end of the episode if he still feels exactly, that way. Exactly. I'm a big boy. I can admit when I'm wrong with things like that. When a movie showed me up and they did better than I thought they would do. And this big boy got 28 points. Yeah, boy. Not great. Not fantastic, but- But not bad, just like the movie, <laughs> according to Matty D. <laughs> looks, like, looks like I watched the trailers, really. Mm. That's what I read from that. 
All right. Let's talk about you, sir. You said that we would start the movie being introduced to Francis Bison Barson Shriek. That's who we're introduced Barrison, to. I think it was. At the Ravencroft Institute, where we learn that she's Cletus's wife, and she's being held- in a high security facility in a soundproof box mm-hmm. uh, where it's being like it's sort of there to protect people from her high pitched shriek. Mm-hmm. And you thought this would all be explained by a new staff member as this new staff member is walking through this facility. Now, yeah. that doesn't happen, but like everything a, else. Like in X Men 3 with Magneto. <laughs> yes. I think was what I was going for. Was it X Men 2? I can't remember. I think it was X Men 2. Well, it happens at the end of X Men 1 and then X Men 2. Okay, that's what I was that. thinking of. Yeah. But yeah, essentially that does happen. There's no explanation, but, you know, this is. There stuff- even is the staff member, like, sk- like, shakily trying to put, like, in a tray of food and she shrieks at him and yes. he gets scared. So yes. I was very close. You were very close. But points for that regardless. Now, you said that Brock and Venom would be vigilante slash reporters. This isn't really the case. Venom wants to do this, but Brock is sort of a down-on-his-luck journalist who is only who is sort of the only person- He writes for the Daily Bugle now, if he you does. didn't notice. I did see that. He doesn't have his Brock report anymore. <laughs> the Brock report has been scrapped. Yes. He now works for J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. Presumably. Presumably. I, I, I can't- Alternate universe, J. Jonah Jameson. I can't remember where we are with the universe jumping. He's in his own universe, yes, right, right? At this point, and then he goes to the Spider-Man. Yeah, because there's that after credit scene where he- Which makes Tom no Lee. sense, having seen Spider-Man No Way Home. It makes no sense at all. Like, those two movies did not talk to each other. No. <laughs> no, they did not. They're in for a mess to fix- also, Morbius as well, the whole Vulture storyline of him going over to the Spider-Man universe makes no sense as well. Mm-hmm. No, actually, no, it does make sense. But uh, this whole Venom thing makes less sense. But we'll talk about it in literally like two or three yeah, weeks. See, here's the problem when you just put Easter eggs for Easter eggs sake in yes. a movie. That. No, let's just point it out. Let's just point it out for people who may not be aware and people who may not listen to that future episode. Because mm. maybe for some reason people are like, I want to listen to the Venom episode, but not the Spider-Man episode. You get so offended by our thoughts on Venom that you shut off yeah, from the podcast so forever. What we establish in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is the only people who are teleported to Peter Parker's universe are people who understand that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. People who are aware of his secret identity. Mm. Venom has no idea who Peter Parker is or who Spider-Man is. So, why is he teleported to Spider-Man's universe? And at the end of the movie, I'm like, oh, they're explaining it because they're saying that Venom understands that there's multiple universes and he mm-hmm. teleports them there. But no, when he's teleported there, Venom goes, what's going on? <laughs> so, it's clearly not Venom's doing. Literally has no idea. No, they just shoehorn that in yes. just to make people pop. But, like, it yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, it made no plot sense and it doesn't add anything to the movie. No, it just- it just sort of sets things up so people are excited about a potential crossover. <laughs> Let's not forget that Venom was not a factor in that Spider-Man No Way Home at all. No. Except for a post credit scene where he's just sitting in a bar. He leaves a bit of his dribble. Behind. Yeah, that's right. That's the only thing that happens. And does that pay off in a Spider-Man movie? Hasn't yet. <laughs> Hasn't yet. We're going to have to wait until Spider-Man 4. They just like put all these loose threads in case they might want to yeah. do something. Maybe we'll oh. do a Venom story with Tom Holland. You know, maybe. Maybe. But he's not coming back to do Spider-Man, right? No, yeah. Anyway. They're not even, they don't even have like another Spider-Man movie on the cards because Tom Holland is like, I'm done with playing Spider-Man. See you. you're a mess right now. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, back to your plot. You said, uh, yeah, okay. We spoke about, uh, yeah. So- I mean uh, the SSU, right? Brock's, what's that? The SSU. <laughs> the SSU. The Sony Spider-Man universe. Yes. That's what we're in currently, what we're Uh talking about currently. That's the real thing. That's actually That's more of a mess. I was talking about the MCU, but the- this universe the is SSU, more of a mess. The SSU is a total mess and has <laughs> yeah. never not been a total mess. 
Yeah, it didn't become a mess. It started as it one. It started as a mess, yeah. We've got Morbius, we've got Craven the Hunter, we've got Venom. Oh boy, they what have, a mess. They have no idea and what they're And they're all doing. in separate universes. Oh, what's going on? Anyway. My brain hurts. Anyway, you said that uh, Brock was the only person that Cletus would talk to. That is true. You thought that Venom would try to bite the heads off a criminal, uh, but Brock would stop him. This is true. This does happen in the trailer. This happens with the thief that is in the alleyway, the purse snatcher. Yeah, does happen. You mentioned the scene where Eddie visits uh, Mrs. Chen to find there are no more chocolates at her store and Venom thre- threatens to eat Mrs. Chen. Mm. This happens. It's in the trailer one point. You mentioned that there's an ongoing theme that Venom will want to eat people, but Brock doesn't want him. And that's the main source of the conflict. Doesn't want him the two. to. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't want him to eat people. Not that he w- doesn't want to eat people. <laughs> well, I guess technically. But that's a point because that's in the trailer as well. Eddie reiterates the rules to Venom. Uh, Venom tells Eddie that he's a predator that needs to eat and breaks his nose and reheals it to break it again. I'll give you a point because this yep. is stuff we all see in the now, trailer. Now, about the whole reiterating the rules, I said in the original episode that like he puts the rules up on the wall in you a say pizza that later. box. Oh, I do say that. Yeah, all you right, do say right. that. Just on that point, though, just mm. while I'm thinking about it, I want to point out that like in the trailer, they actually manipulated the footage because in the actual movie, he takes, he takes the pizza box off the wall. And so, if you watch the trailer, it's in reverse. And they so, it looks really it. unnatural where he's like, <laughs> putting it up on the wall. Yeah which, brings, yeah, which brings me to my next point, which you say that he sticks a pizza box to the wall that has all the rules on it. The rules just say, don't eat people, no yeah, eating people. Right. I can't remember what it was. I give you half a point because he's putting, he's taking it down rather than putting well, it up. Well, that's not fair because <laughs> I was just going with what the trailer said. I know. So, I was only wrong because of the trailer. <laughs> but it was still wrong. That's true. That's I mean, true. the trailer You're misled right. you, but- Yes. Uh, I give you that, but- you know, you get half a point out Okay, of it. fair enough. And you got points for saying they reiterate the rules, which is essentially what that whole scene's and about anyway. And it's not about the trailer. It's about overall predictions <laughs> yes. of the movie. So, the trailer can always be manipulated and wrong. There can always mm. be scenes that aren't in the trailer. It's about my overall thoughts on the movie. Yeah. So, I guess that's a good point. And how many times have we gone against the trailer and said they, they're saying this, but it's this is going to happen and been right or mostly wrong. But sometimes we're right about that. So Yeah. It's usually you who It's does usually that. me that does it and it doesn't usually wrong. pay out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, back to your plot. We find out that Cletus is sending postcards to Eddie. He only technically sends one that we're aware of in this movie. Yeah. But uh, he does send one. You said that the card would be twisted both physically and metaphorically. This is the case. Yep. He writes around the postcard and Brock has to twist the postcard and around. And Venom says, it. are you friends with an ant? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that either. I was like, because ants are small? Yeah. Um, I don't understand. Keep working on your material. Yeah. Thing. And you mentioned that there's a spider that gets crushed on the postcard, yep. which is the case. It is an Easter egg. Um, like a kingly seal, I said in that <laughs> Which is kind of the case. Yeah. And he eats it as well, which is yeah. weird. And it is kind of like a little reference to Spider-Man. I, you know, Yeah, yeah it was the same colours as Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm not joking, it was. I didn't notice that. It was. I just thought it, it was It was blue spider. and red. There you go. Which spiders aren't in real life, except in the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Yeah, and that was a uh, like a hybrid spider anyway. Mm. There's a hybrid spider just crawling into yeah. the prison facility. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? Everything else in this movie doesn't make <laughs> sense. So, why not throw in more stuff that doesn't make sense? <laughs> anyway, you said that Venom makes Eddie a breakfast because he feels bad, um, you know, for breaking his nose, I think. Yeah. The real reason he's making him breakfast is because- He's found out that Anne is getting engaged. That's is married right. To is getting married to um, Doctor Dan. Otherwise, you describe the scene from the trailer pretty perfectly. Yeah. So points for that. With the exception of, with the exception of 
Reanimating the chicken. Yes. Yes. Now, you thought- I, I go into that a little later on, but okay. you thought that the chickens were there, like, ch- it, it, Venom would eat the chicken. I'll go into it in a second. Okay. But, yeah, you said you said that he would eat a chicken alive. In your plot, the chickens were there to make the eggs for the breakfast. Yep. And then he would eat the chicken just he as He actually a, does use as a side. eggs from the uh, chickens. Yeah. In the yeah. breakfast. But in the, in the actual movie- it's it's the opposite. He actually doesn't want to eat the chickens They're at all. His he's, pets. He's grown to love them. They're part what are of they the called? family. What are their names? I can't remember. They had like uh, Sunny and Cher. Sunny and Cher. That's what it was. Well, their done. names were Sunny and Cher. Yeah, he refuses to eat the chickens in this. Because apparently Venom is a big Sunny and Cher fan. <laughs> yes, I want to see that scene where like Eddie and Venom <laughs> are listening, listening to, to music. Sunny and yeah. Cher. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Anyway, in your plot, we are introduced to Mulligan, who mm-hmm. is trying to find Cletus's victims, which is true, mm-hmm. before he's executed, which is true. Mm-hmm. Mulligan uses Brock to get information from Cletus. It's true. We see it in the trailer, but that is correct. You said that Cletus feels Brock is a kindred spirit. True. He does mention that. This yeah. is stuff we see in the trailer as well. And it's from the previous movie, too. And it's from the previous movie as well. You said that Anne will meet with Eddie at a restaurant. I like to think of it as a bar slash restaurant, <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's, it's well, they, they tomato, exist. tomato. You know, for us, it's it's just not in this circumstance. (laughs) Uh, This is where it's revealed that she's engaged to Dr. Dan. True. You speculate. Did you say tomato, tomato? Mm -hmm. Potato, potato. potato. Let's call the whole thing off. (laughs) That was in the movie. (laughs) Was it? Yeah, Venom was singing it while he's cooking breakfast. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's just like seeded into my brain like a symbiote. There you go. Now, during this whole meeting scene, you speculated that it would be set up to look like Anne wanted Brock back, wanted to get Mm. back together with him, and it would be a surprise that she's engaged. And uh, the audience would be, like, put off by the fact that, like, oh, she's actually telling him that she's not- she doesn't want to be with him. So, I'll give you two points for that. Oh, thank you. that's not something we knew about going into the movie, and that is 100% the case. It was in the trailer, though. Was it? Yeah. I've rewatched the trailer. I don't remember that scene. Maybe it wasn't in the trailer. I felt it was really obvious. So <laughs> I didn't say it. Okay. Fair, uh, well, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Okay, two wasn't, points. Wasn't well obvious. deserved. <laughs> wasn't obvious to me. You said that Venom slaps Dan in rage, but the two understand. As in uh, Anne and Dan as understand. In, yeah, Anne and Dan understand about Venom. Uh, yeah. This happens later on, but it's true. We also see it in the trailer, which is yeah. why I give you one point. You said that Eddie meets up with Cassidy, who is a menacing figure, and tells Eddie that he wishes he saw his wife one last time. I give you half a point, and why I give you half a point is because he tells a lot of stuff about his backstory, and he tells him to print something on the paper that's like yeah. a cryptic message to his wife that he wants to see him again. So, technically, he does, but he doesn't really say this to Brock. Mm, yeah. Just tells him about his childhood and stuff. And we had that whole animated sequence, which <laughs> yeah. was like a weird cross between CGI and 2D that weird animation. Harry Potter flashback yeah. sequence, yeah. Yeah. That weird, happened at a weird weirdly, point in the movie as well. Weirdly violent as well. And I'm like, why are they shoehorning this into the movie? Well, it, it is part of his backstory. Like, that is his story. But they could have started with that. Which is what I was thinking when I was watching it. I was like, why didn't you start with this? Why is this information yeah. we're getting now? Yeah. Just really shoehorned in right at the end of the movie. Like, set this character up as an evil guy. Why uh, Why do it now? Or- If the movie started with that, I wouldn't be opposed to it, to be mm. perfectly honest. Mm. Like, it would have fit in with the nonsense that we had at the start of the movie it anyway. It could have fit in, right? Like, you could have just had it at the scene where a guard is talking to another guard, maybe Mulligan, and he says, oh, this guy, Cassidy, he's well, a real Well, just start the movie guy. with that animation. Just start yeah. the movie with that animation and then go into the flashback that we got between uh, Cassidy and Shriek. Yeah, and you and you wouldn't have lost anything. No, 
You would I have agree. had you would have had like a more of a grabber opening as well because yeah. it's like a weird quirky animation. And you have some context if you don't know anything about this character yes. as to who he what he's Because about. I didn't have any context <laughs> with the character, so I'm like, who is this guy? It's just Woody Harrelson being yeah. menacing. Is this a sequel to Natural Born Killers? But also, like, even if you didn't have that flashback at all, we know he's a serial killer. Yeah, because they tell us about 200 times. Yeah, so, like, do we really need this information at this point? No. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, they, we'll talk was, about the movie in a it second. It was a decision they made. Now, in this interrogation, well, not interrogation scene, in this interview scene, I guess, uh, where Eddie's with Cletus, uh, Cletus lashes out and bites Eddie. It's actually mm. Venom that lashes out at Cletus, but yeah, otherwise- Yeah, insulted his life. This is true, yes. Which, as we already discussed, doesn't make any sense because why does Cletus know everything about Eddie's life? I guess the movie just wants to say he's obsessive with Brock, but like, how does he get yeah. the resources to find all this out I about a journalist? Of, yeah. You know, he's not a, well, he, a public figure-ish, but like, how, how does he get this information about Brock? But then also, as we establish, well, I I think as I established in my plot, and I guess is the case in the movie, I don't know, I think Carnage slash Cassidy cares more about being like a public persona in the same way that Charles Manson was. Yeah, I think so. Then he does being obsessed with Eddie Brock specifically. Eddie Brock, he just sees as a great platform. So, why would he be obsessed with Eddie Brock more so than being obsessed with himself and seeing himself as like a really important person? Mm Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think you're right. I think he's using Brock to get his story out there or yes. to get his story to shriek, maybe. Because he gives him, like, specific quotes to put in headlines mm. to get, like, his message out there. Mm. So, why would he care about Eddie Brock and not, like, his own message? Doesn't make any sense. Let's move on. You just, you just have to go with it with this yeah. movie. So, Cletus is about to be executed via lethal injection. As the injection is going in- and I did the same thing as you. I was did- executing him before they found the bodies. <laughs> Well, I guess in your plot and in my plot, he is a convicted killer. There's just bodies that's still yeah, out there that yeah, are missing. Yeah, They're yeah. trying to track down these bodies. I mean, you know, there's a famous Australian killer that, you know- Ivan same, Malat. Same story, right? Sutton Forest, yeah. He's still, still convicted, but yeah. They're still finding bodies, by the way, with Ivan Malat. Yeah. And he's dead, right? Yeah, he's dead. They executed him. Mm. Or did it, they execute him? Or no, did no, he, he just died, he died in, in jail. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Anyway. Not the not the podcast for that kind of talk, so but yeah, Wolf Creek is actually based on Ivan Malat. Yeah, because he was a backpacker killer. Yeah, that's right. Mm. But yeah, you like me thought he was going to be injected before the bodies were found. I mean, there was enough. You know, he's a creepy dude, so he, <laughs> it makes sense for him to yeah. be executed. But just as he's all a- creepy, people should be executed. Yeah, of course. Which is why I'm due to be executed. After this <laughs> <podcast>. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but. Uh, just as this is about to happen, a new symbiote that he that they got from Brock emerges uh, merges with Cletus's blood cells to create carnage. When I was watching this movie for the first time, I thought, "Oh, it's mixing with the lethal injection," but I don't think that's the case. No, I mean, it just like reverses it. But that would have been a cool idea. But yeah, anyway, whatever. But then it creates carnage. Carnage blocks the injections, breaks out of the chair. And imprisonment, like, breaks out of the imprisonment, yep, starts yep. eating out prisoners. Jail, I would say. And guards for good measure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he eat, he ate any prisoners. I think it was no, just he guards. ate the prison warden. He ate the, he ate the warden and the guards. Yeah, that's right. But I don't think any prisoners. I didn't see any prisoners getting eaten. It doesn't really matter. No. I mean, he's just eating anybody. Like, I still give you points for it because it's essentially the same thing. He goes like Tasmanian Devil and <laughs> makes, like, a tornado for no reason at all. Which he never does again. No. <laughs> and it could have been useful to do again. Yeah. And he runs I didn't off. understand that. I'm like, is that a comic book thing? I don't think so. I, I don't know what that was. was like, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting there being like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Why is this happening? His powers are as inconsistent as his proportions. As the rest of the movie. Sometimes he's huge and yeah. other times he's not. <laughs> well, no, when he eats people, he becomes bigger. Ah, oh, they thought about it. So he starts off little and then the more people he eats, he becomes bigger. bigger. Right. 
And so the reason that Venom is so weak is because he's not eating people. Right. And that's why it took me two watchings of the movie to figure that out. So that's why that's why Venom. Okay, that's why Venom is getting beaten by Carnage. That's right. He doesn't say that. He says it's because he's red. Yeah, that's right. Could have been nice if he was just like, oh, he's eaten more than I have. Yes. That would have been helpful. He's like Cell from Dragon Ball Z. There <laughs> yeah, you go. that's a good reference for me. Uh, yeah, so I'll give you points there. This exactly happens as it does in the movie as you as you predicted it. So in your plot, Mulligan is concerned that Cletus will come for Brock. It visits him. Yep. I give you two points. That's not in any of the promotional yeah. material, but that does exactly happen. What a nice guy Mulligan is. And they treat him like shit. Well, he says like, oh, I think uh, Cletus is uh, coming for you. You should probably lay low for a while. <gasps> Rather than being like, hey, we're going to put you in protective custody. We're going to okay. have like policemen watching you. <laughs> he does like the asshole thing of being like, well, I'm not going to help you. So, you can just fuck right off. But he came because he thought he needed help. That's what I got from it. He's like, no, he came to him because door. he's like, has Cletus been here yet? Uh, and he hadn't. So, it was just like, well, I'd lay low then. <laughs> well, good luck, sir. Hey, you didn't help him. No. Mm. So, Brock works out from the information that Mulligan inadvertently gives him or inadvertently gives him. Wait, 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 wait. No, yes. Eddie Brock gave him the information on where all the bodies were buried. <laughs> yeah. So, he helped him out greatly. So, I don't know why Mulligan is such an asshole to him later on. So, we on like, we on Mulligan is an asshole then. Yes. <laughs> But no, no, he didn't He didn't necessarily because, like, Eddie Brock went and found those bodies himself and took all the credit for it. And the yeah, Mulligan well, is, like, bashing the table being like, why didn't you tell me this beforehand? Okay, okay, all right. Eddie Brock's the arsehole. Then. I love that this is the contentious point. Right. Is Mulligan an arsehole? I'm when, sick of this movie. Can we just get it over with? When, when, do you have a movie that you're like, is the cop a good guy or a bad guy instead of the two superheroes fighting each other? That's a problem. Anyway, yeah. back to your plot. You said that uh, just through the information that Mulligan gives him, Cletus, uh, Brock realizes that Cletus is a symbiote. Brock recalls the conversation where Cletus mentions a church that tips him off as where they're going to go next. I give you half a point because- It's in the drawings in his cell. It's in the drawings in his cell, but he doesn't, you know- He doesn't tell him. Yeah, so you I also of- said that he'd be at the church praying <laughs> rather than getting married. Why didn't we think it would be a marriage? That makes so much sense. Well, I thought they'd already be married. Yeah. So that Carnage reveals himself at the church, that is. Venom is scared. Yeah, he since- just takes off his pants, shows <laughs> like, everybody oh, his oh carnage. God, yeah. Oh, my God. Look at it. Look at that. I can't compete with that. In a church, so too. Venom- Blasphemer. Anyway. He's already a bad guy, right? Yeah. Just got to hit that nail on the head. So, Venom is scared because he's one of the red ones, and the red ones are more powerful. This is in the trailer. Points for that. Brock tells Venom- that if he fights Carnage, because he's scared, he'll let him eat people, which encourages Venom mm. to go into action. One point, this is what we see in the trailer. You guess that this would be a ripoff of Spider-Man 3, where the bell rings, causing a high-frequency sound that hurts both mm. symbiotes. I give you two points for yes, that. Yes, it happened. <laughs> I couldn't believe how close it was. You know, we were, t- we were saying what movies this re- uh, reminded us of, and I, I said- Daredevil 2. Sorry, Daredevil, which I know yeah. you haven't seen, but it, it's very much like Daredevil because they actually ring the bell in Daredevil. Wow, okay. Hurts. And also the original Batman as well. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like just ripping off Superhero all the Superhero movies. movies and church scenes. Yeah, it's a thing. So at this part of the movie, Venom is defeated by Carnage and gets away in your plot. Mm. As we've discussed in, in my prediction, there's only what really one big showdown. Between so, Venom we were expecting a two-hour movie and not an hour and 25-minute yeah. movie. Yeah. We were expecting, like, there to be a first conflict, yeah. them to go back, lick their wounds, and come back stronger. Resolve yeah, the conflict right. and then fight. That's what right. actually happens is there's, like, a, a third act breakup and then they come back, come right. back together and then It's they a fight. very tight Carnage. movie. It is. So, there's only one face-off Thank God. and then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first time Venom meets Carnage is the fight scene. So, we're just following the formula of other superhero movies. Mm. And to the movie's credit, it doesn't quite follow that formula. Not at all. Not at all. Which is a surprise. Yeah. So, in your plot, 
Carnage breaks into Ravencroft and frees Shriek, and they burn the facility down. This is true. This is yep. stuff we see in the promotional material. Uh, you said that they'll go around killing people. True. Mm-hmm. Again, point. This is stuff we know going in. You said that Brock will open up uh, to Mulligan about Venom, and will get him on board to help. Never happens. Never happens. You thought there'd be some comedic scenes where Mulligan freaks out around Venom. Yeah. He never knows. He's always in the dark. You thought Shriek would be killed by an accidental encounter with Venom, leading yep. to Cletus to swear revenge. Um, they kind of die around about the same time. There's so, no- she is killed accidentally, though. How is she killed? I thought she fell. She fell and a, and a bell lands on her because uh, Venom and Carnage knock the bell down and it lands on top of Shriek. Mm. So, it is an accidental death. I guess so. But- in saying that, though, I said that Mulligan would accidentally it, shoot okay, her. Okay, so this is the next thing I want to say, because this is really interesting. You speculated that Shriek would- the, the, the way Shriek would die would be Mulligan would accidentally shoot her after she screams. Which also happens. Which does happen yes. in the flashback. So, yes. I, I give you half a point for that. The reason I give you half a point is because she doesn't die, but this exactly happens. Well, somehow shooting her in the face causes her to have- A like, glass eye. A glass eye. That moves? I don't know. I didn't get it either, but- it's so close, Kieran. Like it is really it's close. so close. It but, happens early on in the movie. She does also die of an accidental death, so I was really close there too. I guess I should give you like at least a point for that. Yeah, thing, maybe, maybe half yeah, a point. Maybe half a point. We'll give you. We'll give I didn't you specify one point in total there okay. for both of those. Yeah, yeah. But I was really surprised that you actually called the flashback scene. Yeah. at this point in the movie, you're like, oh, maybe this happens. I was like, oh, and what a coincidence! Out of and all was- the police in San Francisco, <laughs> that it was Mulligan who was the one who encountered Shriek back in the day. Mm-hmm. And blinded her. Well, not blinded her. Just shot her in the face and she survived. Yeah, well, she was <laughs> blinded in one eye. Oh, yeah? Well, what else is going on with that eye? I don't know. I had no idea. It's a different color. Yeah, well, <laughs> she didn't have it originally. Uh, you said that Cletus would work out that Brock was close to Anne and so would kidnap Anne. Not in the way you assumed would happen, but this does happen, so I'll give you points for that. You're originally going to have the final fight in an abandoned cathedral, but change your mind to a skyscraper, which an abandoned skyscraper, yeah, which is so just close. like in the last movie. So close. You said that Venom would separate from Brock mm-hmm. and Carnage would separate from Cletus through sound yep. for like a second, which does actually happen. Yes. You didn't know how, uh, but in the movie, this happens through a bell. You said it would be a high pitched sound. You didn't know. It's how a combination it of the bell and shriek. In the right, actual movie. Right, and, that, and that's what happens in the actual movie. You said that both symbiotes would separate and the two people would fight each other, as in Cletus and Brock would fight each other yeah. as humans. Mano y mano. Yep. Which does happen as well. It does happen and they do separate, so I'll give you, I'll give you two points for that. So, in the actual movie, um, when they do separate, Venom returns to Brock more quickly than Carnage does yes. to Cassidy. I think they explain it like their bond or whatever. They said that uh, Cassidy and Carnage aren't compatible with each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, what what actually happens in the movie is it returns to Brock, whereas Carnage misses reuniting with uh, Cletus before Venom comes in, stomps yeah. on Carnage, eats Carnage, and then eats uh, eats Cassidy alive. That's right. But he says, "Fuck this guy." Otherwise, uh, two points there, and also two points to say that. Yeah, so I'll give you two points there because they both separated. Now you say that uh, Carnage tries to fuse with Brock, but it does not happen. Well, I mean, it doesn't happen in the movie. Like, in your prediction, you thought that uh, Cletus is dead because, Mm. you know, Brock killed him. And then Carnage would try to fuse with uh, Eddie Brock. Yep. And then you said that Anne would fuse with Venom because Venom is away at this point, like, is separated at this point. And she, Venom, would fight uh, Brock Carnage. 
I get yeah. your point because she venom does appear not in this way though. You said that Carnage wouldn't isn't able to connect to Brock, so would be defeated, and would be teared away from Brock and thrown into a fire and die yeah. like that. Uh, since Brock was fused with Carnage in your plot, uh, Brock now knows where the bodies are buried. Yeah, because he has all the memories from Cassidy, mm-hmm. apparently. Not actually the case in the movie. Yes, yes. In the movie, he actually finds the bodies early on. It's just in so one spot. Venom- one spot! Venom has the same ability as the robot from iRobot. He can draw, like, perfect recreations of things that he's seen. And so, because he looked into Cassidy's cell for a couple of seconds, he's able to, like, recreate that. And then, like, he conveniently has <laughs> a piece of, like, clear plastic that he draws, like, the seaside location on. And then, like... He- as every down they on his Google, like, list has. They Google on the computer. On the computer, Eddie Brock Googles San Francisco seaside location. The first picture that comes up is an exact match for what Cletus Cassidy drew from memory in his cell. Was anyone reminded of Star Wars? No. Do you remember when they have the knife and they hold the knife up to the- Oh, yes. <laughs> I was trying to forget that. Yes. <laughs> I was trying to forget From that. episode nine with the <laughs> stupid knife that is perfectly like, uh, does an outline of like an, this ancient Sith knife. That's presumably thousands of years old. <laughs> yes. Perfectly matches where the Death Star crashed on uh, one of the moons of Endor. <laughs> yeah. It was just- no, Actually, that was worse. But yeah, it was almost as bad as that. <laughs> so anyway, you tie up this plot point by saying, now Brock knows where the bodies are buried. Yep. Every, the families can have some peace of mind, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't well, that happen. Happens. It does happen, but doesn't happen in this way. No. Now- I, I'm going to bring this up. Should I get a bonus point? Because at this point, I, I interject and say, maybe you will we'll get a flashback of uh, of Cletus's life up until that point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you deserve a bonus point for that. Boom. Sick. Awesome. Now, the next thing you said that is that Anne would not get back together with Eddie and that she would be with Dr. Dan at the end of the movie. Yes. I give you two points. That is Dr. the case. Dan, real hero of the movie. The real hero of is the what movie. what I said. And he was. And he was. Yeah. He he was such a, such a, a champ. He yes. came in and fought even though he wasn't a symbiote. Yeah. It's really brave. Even though they shadowed him at the end of the movie. Yes. Uh, you said that Venom and Eddie would agree to be friends and that this conflict would be resolved. You said that Venom doesn't want to eat people anymore. That's not entirely true, but no. two points because they do kind of resolve that. And they're, they're now buddies at the beach. They just go on a Max Payne uh, holiday together. <laughs> it's like a Max Payne holiday. <laughs> Max yeah. Payne 3, yeah. Yeah. Now, that was your plot, but you made a few bonus predictions that I want to go into. You said that there would be a setup for another Spider-Man villain. I think you sort of were talking mm. about Craven. You were talking about yeah. Scorpion. You were talking about- well, um, what's funny is in that original episode, I brought up Craven the Hunter, and you and you were like, "They're never going to make a Craven the Hunter movie." Boy, is my face red! We're going to be talking are. about Craven the Hunter in literally a handful of weeks. The most boring character. But yes, yeah, I don't know if that's Aaron Taylor Johnson, but yes, is going to be playing a Craven, Craven the movie. Yeah, the barrel has been scraped. Have you seen, have you seen the trailer for that? Movie? Yes. Oh boy. Yes, I have. He looks like shit. <laughs> it's not going to be fun. Morbius it- part two is what I'm thinking. <laughs> it looks looks like your generic superhero movie, but with the Ugh. lamest character. Yes. Anyway, but you you did say that there would be a villain teased and Toxin is yes. teased yeah. through Mulligan, who does die in the movie and wakes no, up. He, he, well, yeah, he does die. Yeah. And but then he, he wakes up with a like a symbiote inside, symbiote inside him. him. Yeah, and if right. we know anything about comic lore, he's destined to be Toxin. Which I didn't. So, I was so confused when that happened in the movie. I'm like, what? And so, I had to Google it. I was just like, what is going on? And then they're like, oh, he's Toxin. I'm like, ah, okay. Yeah. You said that this movie would be better received than the first. Now, I give you a point for that because okay. I- I don't know why I gave you a point for that. I just think because it, it was well received. It made more money. 
Uh, yeah, made more money. So that so you received more money. That, than that'll the first do. One. That'll do. You said that uh, if the movie comes out in October, the when it, when it was scheduled to, it, it did. did come out on the first of October, two thousand twenty twenty one. Um, it wasn't delayed at all. Mm-hmm. You predicted that the movie would make more money than Halloween Kills. Now this movie did. made five hundred and six million dollars. Point something something. Um, point and eight, yeah. Halloween Kills made around uh, 133 million. So it smashed it. Yes. Smashed it. Um, and that was always going to be the case. That's the thing. Yes. Yes. And I think also as well, because you said it would make more money, it would be more, more of a success than Halloween Kills. It's hard with movies, but I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes equivalent, and a lot no. more people loved. Let There Be Carnage more than Halloween Kills. Yes. And but looking at the select few- Well, who liked Halloween Kills? The select few reviews I read, Venom was the winner there. So, okay. I give you a point for that. We're going to be talking about Halloween Kills very <laughs> soon, mind you. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Uh, I'm that- actually really looking forward to revisiting that movie. I've said it in the past. I'm actually really re- looking forward to revisiting Halloween Kills. Well, it's not Halloween ends. Because <laughs> we're currently in our Halloween season, by the way. Yes. I know. We're covering movies that are either scary or we're scared to watch. Which is which could be and both. Both is the case in this in this circumstance. But anyway, yes. <laughs> anyway, that's everything. And with that you got thirty six points. There we go. Nice and not too done. far from you. So a lot of what you said was in the trailer, but I don't yes. think that's your fault. The whole movie was in the trailers. It was very hard to give you two points for anything because everything was in the trailer or the promotional material. This yes. One. Or was really obvious. It was just where we placed them. That's it. Yeah, that's right. All right, so that was Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Let's get into our thoughts. Manny D, what are your thoughts on Venom, Let There Be Carnage? Uh, my thoughts haven't really changed uh, since I last oh, you spoke still like about it. it. Yeah, I, th- I think it was fine. You know, it's not, it's no, by no means not a good movie. I'll tell you what helped me, though. Mm. Well, when I first watched it, I had really low expectations. And I went because in. Because I told you it was you, bad. You told me it was bad. And I yeah. was like, okay, it's bad, but it's an hour and a half. It's an hour and 20 minutes. It's, it is what it is. When I watched it, the next time around, the second time around, I was like, oh, here we go. Venom, let me let there be carnage. I really don't want to watch this again. And as the titles came came across the, the screen, something, a little voice in my head said, Manny D, just pretend you're watching uh, a low budget, well, not a low budget, but a student movie. Okay. And then I sat there and I was like, oh, it kind of works for a student movie. <laughs> like, I mean- Like hi- a fan film. High school student movie. Like, and like- This is a massive insult <laughs> to Andy Circus, by the way. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> okay, uh, this movie isn't great, but it was it was it was fine. It was just very very lazy. That's my problem with it. I can't recommend anybody watching it, but I could see that if you really like these characters, then mm. if you sat down, you'd have a good time with it. You just can't take anything seriously and can't sort of look look at plot holes under a microscope because this is not the movie for that. It's just yeah. uh, it's just crazy silliness. The bad guys are super evil. The good guys are. Shades of grey. Shades of grey. And you know what I will give this movie for? It was actually funny. I'll tell you what, Matty D. Mm-hmm. The first time I watched this movie, I absolutely hated it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was awful. Second time I watched it, I was like, it's actually not that bad. Mm. I equate it to like a bowl of ice cream. You know what I mean? Like, if I was to say to Matty D right now, hey, Matty D, you want to grab a bowl of ice cream? You'd be like, yeah, sure, why not? But it's not like a proper meal. You wouldn't have it in place of lunch or dinner. And Depends. You know, well, yeah, I guess it does depend. But, yeah, you wouldn't have it as a proper meal. And it's not going to do you any good, but, like, you enjoy it while it's there. Yes. And you know that it's ice cream, so it's just like, yeah, well, ice cream's ice cream. It's always going to be good on a level. So, that's what this movie is to me. And I agree with you. It was funny. 
I've yeah. got to say, it's one of the few movies in a while that I've watched that I'm like, it actually does have one of the few movies that we've covered on this show that I'm saying that had jokes in it that were pretty funny. Watching it again a second time, I thought it was better than Shang-Chi, which we covered a couple of weeks <laughs> ago. I thought it was a hell of a lot better than Shang-Chi, if you remember that. I said yeah. Shang-Chi had the potential to be good, but didn't quite get there. This had a lot more going for it than Shang-Chi. Still didn't think it was a great movie, but it was it was good for what it was. You know what I mean? A, a lazy movie mind that, that they pumped out there yeah, out of obligation. A lazy, soulless movie <laughs> with no artistic merits at all. Well, your main character was sleepwalking through the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. I could just tell that Tom Hardy didn't want to be there. I was just watching Tom Hardy being like, I've seen you do great performances and you're just sleepwalking your way through it. Woody I- Harrelson didn't want to be there. Yeah. It was, it was, Woody Harrelson was sleepwalking his way through He was hamming it up terribly. Naomi Harris was trying her hardest. Yeah. But Naomi Harris always does a great job. I always love to see her and stuff. But yeah. My favourite joke in the whole movie, and you're going to laugh at me for this, was oh, yeah? when Venom was drawing the pictures of, of the things that he saw in Cletus's cell, he drew the tree, and then he was like, what's this? And he shows it to Eddie Brock, and Eddie Brock goes, I know this one. It's a tree! <laughs> I thought that was the funniest joke in the whole movie. Both times I watched it. That got you, didn't it? That got me. I don't know why I thought that was funny. Just Tom Hardy's delivery. Like, his eyes opened slightly, and I could tell that he was slightly more alert. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, he's trying. He's trying. <laughs> this one scene, he's trying. That one delivery. <laughs> but yeah, overall, not terrible, not great. I hate to say it, it was just fine. Mid. Mid. It was mid, yeah, it was mid-tier. Mid. But it was fun. I, I got to say that. It's a, it's a fun movie if you sit down. It's short, it goes down easy like a bowl of ice cream. Yeah, it's something you would play in the background and not really pay much attention to. Maybe watch with a few drinks, maybe yeah. watch while you're eating something. But, you know, it's fun to just play in the background, I think. That's like all of this disposable superhero comic book junk that we get a million times a year. <laughs> it's a good one and done movie. Mm-hmm. Just watch it once, you'll enjoy it. Although, we both liked it the second time more yes, than we did the first time. That's so right. What does that mean? Because my expectations were reset. Right. Because I went in expecting it to be a somewhat decent movie, yeah. and it wasn't. It was junk. And then, so the second time around, I went in expecting junk, and I got junk, and I was just like, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it, it knew exactly what it was. That's what I can say about it as well. Yes. Because like, at the end, right, there was that scene where you think he's going to take pity on Cletus Cassidy, and he just yeah. eats his head. I'm like, that's yeah. this movie, right? They, yeah. they, they know who they're playing for. Made me wish I there was a darkness movie, though. Yes. I really want that darkness movie that we talked about last time. Man, like, this movie is pretty much the darkness. Yeah. That's the video game that has the, the two Comic monsters. book series. Yeah, the yeah. comic book series as well, but it was popularized. Well, very, the- very good video game series. Mm. But yeah, we're not going to get a darkness movie anytime no, this soon. this is the closest we'll get this to it. This is the closest we'll get. It's closer to the darkness than it is Venom, as we it said is. last time. So, yeah, they're obviously taking a lot of liberties from that. But I think Andy, Andy Circus did a good job directing it. For a guy who hasn't done a lot of movies, he hasn't done a movie on this scale before. Oh, you don't agree, Matty D? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You're doing right. a face like someone just farted. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I like Andy Circus too. He's been involved with projects before. Well, I was looking at some of the cinematography in the movie, and I'm like, it's not shit. So, therefore, some he the, did a good job. Some of the cinematography is good, yeah. Yeah. Some of it. Some of it, yeah. Okay, all right. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit. Let's wrap it up. I'm done talking about. There's this only movie. so much you can do with this kind of movie, so I'm gonna yes. cut. I'm gonna cut circus some slack. You can throw a couple of gummy bears on your ice cream, <laughs> and he put one or two in there. Yes. And you know when you put gummy bears and ice cream, they become really hard and they're really hard to chew. Yep, yep, yep. That's what it was. Anyway, <laughs> terrible uh, analogies aside, let's get into talking about what we're going to be discussing next week. So it's the Halloween season, so I thought we should cover. 
uh, an appropriately themed scary movie. Mm. And next week, we're going to be talking about a movie that everybody's excited about for some reason. I have no idea why. Megan 2. <laughs> that's coming up next year. <laughs> it's actually Megan 2. Point- Megan 2.0. Oh, that's genius. That's the name of the sequel. Genius. But we're not covering that next week because next week, we're going to be talking about a video game adaptation when we discuss Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes. Cool, fun. Have you played this video game? I have. I own it. You do? Yeah. There you go. So we're going to be talking about the first ever screen adaptation, big screen adaptation of Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. I've I've seen the trailers. I don't know if Matty D's seen the trailers. I have. Yes, I have. I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. It will be an interesting conversation. They tried to do this sort of concept before in movies, but this is the actual official Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Can't wait to talk about it. So please join us next week for that. Yes. But until then, have a spooky afternoon or day or night. Ooh, my spider sense is tingling. (gasps) If you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) 